Welcome to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast, presented by Zenium HR. I'm your host, Brandon Laws. Whether you're an HR professional or a small business leader, each episode of this podcast is designed to bring you the latest in technical HR and leadership at your convenience. More content is available on our website at www.zeniumhr.com. Let's dive into today's topic. Welcome to the HR for Small Business podcast. This is your host, Brandon Laws. Welcome back for another episode and thanks for the download today. I have two guests with me both returning. Catherine Thomas, she's an HR representative at Zenium. We did a podcast on emotional intelligence, if I remember right, and you should go check that episode out. That was awesome. And everybody's favorite, Lacey Halpern, senior HR business partner at Zenium, and she's got lots of episodes. So go back and listen to, to Lacey there. We are talking about millennials today. This episode is all about millennials. We all ran across several articles about working with millennials in the workplace and all these crazy habits that they have. And Lacey ran across one article in particular that we're going to frame up the discussion for, but we'll dive into other things millennial related. It's called Six Reasons Millennials Are Actually the Best Workers. Very <laughs> controversial, right? Lacey? It is, yes. So before we dive into to just the kind of the Q&A discussion, there were six points in this, this article for the six reasons, obviously. Point number one, they're too big for their britches. So keep that in the back of your mind. They just don't communicate the way you do. They expect things to happen instantly. Number four, they expect too much. Number five, they think differently from you. Number six, they are obsessed with technology. So those were kind of the main six points in the article. This is, I don't know if I mentioned, this is written in a Forbes article from May 16th, 2014. So quite a long time ago, but I think a lot of this applies. So Lacey, I want to kick this off with you. Of these points that were made in the article, what do you think sticks out the most? I think the thing I hear the most about from family and my clients and managers, it's the communication piece, how millennials communicate. I mean, we hear other stuff, stereotypes, they're lazy and things like that. But the communication piece is the one I think that stands out the most for me. And let's pull a thread on that just a, just a hair. If you think communication sticks out and it's so different from the rest of the non-millennials, what's so different about the way they communicate? I think the frustrations that people have is similar to some of the other points. It's the speed at which communication happens for millennials. I think technology too. So different means of communication. So I've had managers, supervisors, you know, talk about they can't have a face to face conversation with me. You know, they don't make eye contact, things like that. So the means at which they communicate using technology, social media, email, all of the platforms. And I'm not even super familiar with them, but I've got clients that have these chat room type forums for their employees to use that maybe somebody who's not a millennial might struggle with. Those are kind of the things that stand out. Before we go any further, I should mention to listeners that we're all millennials. Right. <laughs> so I'm 31, which puts me probably on the upper end of the millennial group, I think. And the, the categorization of millennials is age 18 to age 34 is what I found. And then that represents about 75 million people Again, according to the source that I found, 75 million people in the U.S. And I think that varies. Lacey found something that said 80 million. So bottom line is one in three workers in the next how three long? Years. Three years are going to be millennials. That's crazy, right? That's a huge group of people. 
Catherine, you're you're sort of newer in the workforce, so you're on the kind of the lower end of the millennial. Do you mind disclosing where you're at as far as like age wise? I, I mean, am. For listeners, this is very contextual. <laughs> obviously, I am twenty four. Twenty four, so, and yeah. then Lacey, you're on also thirty one. Thirty, also thirty one. So two thirty one. So on the upper end of the millennial age range, and then Catherine's on the lower end. But Catherine, talk about the point that too big for your britches. I think the millennials they're often seen as a group of people that are entitled, they're not adult-like, they need to be handheld. Parents come to interviews. I've never actually seen that. <laughs> I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, so we hear those things, and it's kind of laughable. But I'm wondering from you, your point of view, you, you've been out of college now a year or two, into the two years now, in the workforce. What's your perspective on like being too big for your britches? The point in this article was they're actually – very sophisticated and they're well versed on a lot of issues and and very smart. What do you what do you think about I that? I would say yeah, socially we're very well versed on what's what's happening in the world and it's harder maybe for millennials to separate that from work. So to us life and work merge and I guess the high expectations thing. I think that comes from just know, knowing what's going on in the world and just wanting to have that same kind of impact in the workplace. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I think, too, it's like the information is just at our fingertips, and it sort of always has been internet. And I do remember, though, I, I'm going to say this, I do remember having to do some research projects with encyclopedias. So it has not all been, not all <laughs> been the internet for me, but information is just there, so you can just so easily find it. And I think because of that, this population of employees that are out in the workforce, they have a lot of knowledge and they want to share that. They want to make a difference. They want to contribute. And that too big for my britches thing, maybe it comes across because they're being stifled. Maybe, maybe there's opportunity for a company to like let a millennial really demonstrate the impact that they can have. And because I think the millennial group and you and I, Lacey, we're, we're sort of on the upper end. So I remember high school and college where we weren't allowed to source Wikipedia no. and all these other online sources because it's the internet. And it's like, it's not, it's not credible at all. But that's changed completely. I think when you crowdsource information, you have better information. Not always accurate, but still better. So I think millennials, as they grew up in this native digital era, they are more resourceful. And I think that's where being too big for your britches or whatever this comment comes in is that they are so resourceful it's almost sometimes more than somebody who didn't grow up in the digital era what yes. do you guys think about that yeah i think that's true and older workers that i think there tends to be this mentality of you got to pay your dues so you saw a lot more people staying with jobs for a really long time right there was pensions and retirements and so my father-in-law retired from a company he was there for 30 years that doesn't happen as much anymore. A lot of companies don't offer retirement benefits like that. So the incentive isn't there. If I come into a company and maybe my plan isn't to stay there for more than a couple of years, I'm going to come in. I want to demonstrate my impact. And I think to somebody who's stuck it out, worked for a company for a long time, maybe that's how they interpret that. Yeah. And I think values are different. It's no question that we grew up with different family education. You know, parenting was different and, you know, generational values just change. And so that has a big impact on what we want out of work and what we want, what our value is, and then what our values are. We just talked about how one in three people will in three years be a millennial in the workplace. When you talk about values and what's important to you in the workplace, but also, Catherine, you talked about that that integration of the work and the personal life. 
how does that shape the way work is done and just the way that employers need to think about like what's important to people in the workplace? What do you guys think? I think what we see a lot and what we get to experience, just one thing that comes to mind is the flexible work schedule. That's super common now because it allows people to still feel like they can get their work done and be effective, but have flexibility in their life and maybe, you know, not feel tied to a desk all day or, you know, maybe some people work better at home and they are maybe happier and then are more efficient yeah. when they get the opportunity to do that a little, you know, a few times Can you a give week. us an example of like something that uh, somebody, somebody like yourself would like as a flexible work day that you could sort of integrate both your personal and work life together? Well, it also depends on positions and I guess what's expected. But at Zenium, we see, you know, oh my gosh, I, you know, have this appointment to go to. So I'm going to take off early today, but, you know, I'm going to finish up when I get back from my appointment at home tonight, or I'll come in early tomorrow. I think a lot of employers are doing that, but I think that's really common, not just because it accommodates things that come up in life, but because it just eliminates that stress. Or going back to that values common, I think that something big that people are asking for and not just hoping for is quality of life. And if I'm not, you know, stressed out all day because I know I have the flexibility to do what I need to do with work, but also get personal stuff done, that's going to improve my quality of life and my overall happiness and efficiency at work. Yeah. And I think that maybe is where the entitlement stuff comes from is, is somebody who has worked in an environment where you did the eight to five, you took your 30 minute lunch, you punched in and punched out. There wasn't work from home. You know, the, the notion that somebody would feel like they deserved this mm -hmm. benefit of this flexibility. I think it's really, it's like, you got to shift your mindset. That's what I tell supervisors. What's the cost to allowing somebody to do that versus the benefit to having a productive, happy, thriving employee that's contributing more to your business. It's just, it's really shifting the mindset that it's not like you know, a millennial maybe thinks they deserve that more than you. It's just something that's important to them. Uh, not just people that have kids and families. I think right. it's been traditional for employers to maybe be a little more flexible for people like that. But there's a lot of millennials that are choosing to delay their families, have kids later. And I really believe they should have the same, the same flexibility and benefits that somebody who maybe chooses to have kids earlier in life does. I've always found like the fascination with business is that you have to, it has to be mutually beneficial on both sides for it to, to really work. And when you talk about like millennials, like demanding or being entitled to something, I think it's a harsh way to look at it because if you as an employer saying like, this is how it's been, this is how we're always going to treat our employees, no flexibility because we needed to, to do this. And you say that for so long and now you have this different generation popping up into the workforce what does that do to you as a company? You, you probably can't acquire any new talent because now the people that you're going after and that you need, they don't share those same values as you. So is that a risk as an employer? Absolutely. I think you become stagnant mm -hmm. and everybody talks about the war for talent. And with one in three worker age people in a few years being millennials, employers are going to have to shift. And it's not about, you know, letting everybody work from home. There are ways to provide flexible schedules that doesn't involve that. It's letting somebody who wants to work out during their lunch, take a longer lunch and make up the time later. It's allowing people to come in a little bit later because traffic in Portland is so terrible. And, you know, it's just easier. You get a more productive person who doesn't come in fried from driving 90 minutes. Little things like that that just allow people to integrate their work and personal life 
because let's be honest, we don't shut off when we go home, right? My email's on my phone. I'm connected. I want to be available to support my clients. Well, that's that a key word. You want to. Exactly. Because I feel valued. I feel like the company cares about me. And so because of that, I want to, I want to give back. It's totally a generational thing because I think and this is totally generalizing, right? These generations. But I think when you look at somebody who's in a different generation, they may want to just completely shut off and say, I don't know them, nothing. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to completely check out. And I don't blame anybody for that. But I think the wants and needs of a different generation, we want to feel connected to the values of the end result of the business. And we like being a part of that. We, I think that's what it is. We like being a part of something special. I think it's why we care about politics and, and other business related things. And, like, and it's not just a millennial thing, because I know plenty of millennials that do want to just shut it off when yeah. they go home. And that's true. I really believe it is a hundred percent related to they do not feel connected to the purpose of the company and the vision of the place that they're working and they're going to give their you know eight hours a day and that's it because they're not getting anything in return yeah i think that could be controlled by an employer to Absolutely. a certain extent don't you yeah. think what what some of the things that an employer can do to help their employees feel tied to the outcome communicating the values of the company, where the company's going, being transparent about financial information to the extent that you can, really helping employees understand how the work that they're doing impacts the business down the road, helping make those connections. I don't know. Those are some things that come to mind. Get to know your employees. Like when you have a relationship with them, and this this doesn't have to be just a company of all millennials. You could have all age groups. And if you feel like your employees or you're investing in your employees, building rapport and like getting to know each other and, you know, not just on a professional level, but, you know, so they really feel like they know each other. That makes me feel more connected to work. And then I feel even more devoted to doing well to support my coworkers and all of that. Talk about change. Millennials oftentimes, and it's not true for everybody because I've been at one company for eight years, Lacey, 10 years, Catherine, you're already two years. Millennials tend to change jobs faster. You see a resume, may have 10 jobs on it by the time you, you know, you're interviewing somebody. I'm going to put myself in this camp. We like instant gratification a little bit. And I think that's pretty common a lot around millennials. But talk about the adaptive change. Like wh- how, is that a great skill to have? Is it a flaw? Like just talk about the change piece. Adaptability is really important, and it's not just for when you're changing jobs. You might learn to be adaptable by changing jobs. You might be adaptable, and that's why you can easily change jobs. But it's important in the workplace because there are going to be things that change, whether it's your work or coworkers or expectations, that you may have to just either get on board with and like it or get on board with and not like it, so you might as well adapt. It's going to make your life easier, everybody's life easier. I see it as a huge asset, and I think we see in this field, when you're not adaptable, it only hurts you. Yeah, I would I would agree, and I think I probably wouldn't have stayed here for 10 years if there wasn't the opportunity for change throughout my career. I can't even tell you off the top of my head how many different positions that I've had here, so I think same for you, Brandon. We've had the opportunity to learn and grow and develop, and Catherine too, so being in the same job day in and day out for a long period of time with the pace that the world is moving, I think millennials they want to move with they it. They want to, yeah. Like, don't slow me down. Let me keep yeah. going. So if a company can, 
identify those people that want that because there's millennials that don't. There are some that, like I said, they just want to come in and do their job and find what they're good at and they want to stick with it. But for those that are interested in growth and development, creating programs that can support employees with that. So mentorship programs and development planning with employees, goal setting. Those are all little things that employers can do to retain those millennials. And you don't have to have the expectation that I'm going to invest all this time and money in hiring this 25-year-old person who's got a, a good degree, some good experience, and then they're going to leave me in two years. Maybe it happens more frequently than not, but it's possible to avoid that, I think. Yeah. Yesterday, I was at an all-day offsite planning for, for sales and marketing, and I made a point yesterday, and I didn't think about it, but what, what you said, Lacey, kind of just struck a chord with me. I mentioned something about when I'm planning, I'm, I do a little bit of reflection on the past, but I don't dwell on the past very much because I want to look forward. What can I do differently? How can we change? What can we? What resources do we need? How are we going to improve, right? And I think that's as, as millennials, we want to make progress change is good. We, we generally like change. It can be hard at times, but we're able to quickly adapt, move forward, but we don't dwell so much on the past. Do you resonate with that? I think so. Yeah. I think it's just the world is moving really quickly. And and for me, it's like, I don't have time to sit and dwell on it. I want to figure out what the nuggets are that I can learn from and then take it so I can I can get better because development and growth is just a really important thing for yeah. me personally. And I guess where I was going with that is I think there's employers what they can do is always be feeding kind of growth opportunities and talking about the future. I'm a futurist, so I like yeah. I like to talk about the future and what it could be like because I think if you have this vision of what the future might be like, you're more likely to want to be a part of it. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. And how you fit into it. Like yes. where where can I contribute? How can I add value? And I think about that even here at Zenium. Where are we going? What are we doing? And what's going to be my role in that? Because I have no intentions of leaving and I just want to know what the next great thing is for me personally. Mm-hmm. And if you keep future part of the conversation, you're going to keep it at the forefront of employees' minds. Yes. And then they're constantly going to be thinking about it too. And then they don't, they shouldn't, or, you know, that's going to limit, like Lacey said, the, I guess, chances that people are going to leave because they have less time to think about other things. It's futures in their mind. But it also might cause healthy turnover as well, because if you have this vision or the leaders of this company have this vision, and uh, as a millennial or, or somebody who wants to be part of a future, if they don't feel like they fit as part of that future or they align their values, they may self-select out and that's a healthy turnover. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about technology a little bit. We we were talking about, we grew up natively with the digital era, the internet. Lacey, you and I were kind of caught in between. Catherine, you basically grew up with the internet and all these other cool resources that most people didn't grow up with and they had to learn it. Do you think millennials are obsessed with technology to a fault? You know, I don't see it as an obsession. I actually would separate social media and technology. Mm. I think that people fault my generation with being obsessed with social media and that instant news feed. I see that being Mm. perhaps a symptom of our generation. But the technology thing, that's just inherent. That's just native. Like you said, we don't know anything different. We don't know how to function any differently. So (laughs) I see them as different. And there's tools, technology. I think about that as tools and resources in order to do work more efficiently, to be connected in ways that further goals that you have personally or, you know, for the company. So I like that you break that up. I do think Mm -hmm. the social media thing, I think it can be a distraction. And I agree with other generations that 
that maybe have a bad taste in their mouth for how frequently people are updating their Facebook and now with Twitter and Snapchat and all this, it's the the need to have people acknowledge what you're doing with your life, you know, what you had for breakfast, all, all those things. I mean, it, it's gotten to the point where that's what people are updating. And I joke, like, I didn't even go to my high school reunion because I know what everybody that I went to high school with is doing and the people I want to see, I already hang out with. So people are really connected. So there are there yeah. are flaws to the system probably and the social media pieces is, is the one where I could see us getting in. I see trouble. the social media piece, why we may be, I'm putting air quotes up, obsessed with social media is because we like instant gratification. We like we like counting the likes we did or the shares <laughs> or all that stuff. But if you if you take it back to the workplace, what can employers do to sort of feed that instant gratification? I don't think that's going away. I don't think the instant no. gratification need because we've grew up where the trophy generation, everybody got a participation trophy. We we always had some some way of acknowledging that, hey, you finished get a diploma, you get a ribbon, you get whatever it is. But what can an employer do to feed that? Like Kat said, get to know your people. Because if you have an employee who you know really likes, let's say, public displays of acknowledging performance, I think you want to try to focus on that. So the instant gratification, you know, I've seen companies do away from annual performance reviews and do shorter periods of time. So the feedback loop is more frequent. So you could consider doing something like that. Employee recognition programs that happen frequently, empowering employees to recognize each other with programs that that incentivize that. Goal setting that's tied to profit sharing or discretionary bonuses. Those are the kinds of things I think that a millennial would probably relate to. With the millennial generation, do you think we ever have to, we're ever going to get to a point where we have to worry about them saying, well, that's the way we've always done it? No, (laughs) I don't. (laughs) Um, Because I think our generation is constantly looking for change, looking for appropriate change, I I think. That's a good distinction, the appropriate change, because change just for the sake of change. Is that good? No, it's like being generating, like people Mm -hmm. that generate change that look for opportunities to improve things and and make things better make the world a better place and i mean you you see that a lot and i can hear that in the people around me that are also in the same generation not to say that other generations don't feel the same way but i think the stereotype for those is maybe that they tend to be a little more set in their ways and it's more difficult what do you think if we look at practical applications for just working with millennials and giving them more of what they want what are some things employers can do like right away to appeal to a millennial generation if they're not doing it already. Yeah, some of the mind. stuff we've talked about, the flexibility, yeah. providing technology, and really looking at that. What systems do we have in place? Are my employees operating from really archaic systems that is creating frustration and inefficiency? Get to know your employees. Provide opportunities to give back to the community, right? That's huge. So we do that a lot at Zenium. So opportunities to volunteer and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I think like work events, I know that sounds kind of mm. cheesy, but like getting together and spending time with each other. I mean, we spend as much, if not more time with our coworkers as we do with our families. And that's big. So your work coworkers could become like your work family. And I think that that's important, you know, create opportunities for your employees to, to get to know each other more. I think that's big. I really have do. have a good time. Yeah. And it doesn't all have to be just seriousness all day long. Like people joke about millennials want foosball tables and beer at work. And, you know, if that's what your employees want and you've got an environment that could offer that, I'm not suggesting that every employer go out and buy kegs and fill their workplace with alcohol. Kinda but, nice. it, you know, <laughs> I'm not, 
going to complain, but it, you know, you've got to appeal to the general audience that you have. And so think outside the box, get creative, talk to millennials. <laughs> so I was thinking that. Like, yeah. Ask your people ask. what they want. Like, we're, we're trying to generate some ideas about like, oh, what do millennials want? Like, ask them. Yeah. You, your millennials and your, in your organization, it's a sampling of a, a wider generation. They may not all want the same things. Continue to ask. And aren't there things you can do from an HR standpoint to ask or like frequently just get a pulse on like what people actually want? What do you what do you think? What's going on? Have one on ones with your employees. Yeah. Check in, go to lunch. You could create even with new hires forms that people fill out that talk about how they want to be recognized, what what their interests and likes are. Time. Spend time with your people and I think supervisors and companies would just reap the benefits of that for any generation. Before we wrap up, I want to talk communication real quick. I think this is the biggest, biggest area, I think, for for people who are concerned about millennials in the workplace and like, what do I do? I think from a manager standpoint, like, how do I, if I'm a boomer and I have a millennial working for me, how do I communicate with them? Like, are there tips that you, you guys could offer that would give managers and HR people and employers some tips on how to actually communicate, like where, where do they want to be? How do they want to communicate? Having empathy and really coming into the conversation with an open mind versus like a view that your millennial is like a bad employee or a bad person or that they're going to fit all these stereotypes because I have millennials also reporting to me and all the stereotypes of like lazy and, you know, you can't have a conversation with them. None of them fit that at all. So if I were a baby boomer, let's say, and I went into that conversation like that, like I'd be looking to be right. I'd be looking to find examples of that. So have an open mind, I think, when you're communicating is important. And I think from a practical standpoint, like as far as applying, ask what what communication still works best. So if if you know you're working with a millennial and you're older, maybe a you know baby boomer generation and you're like, oh gosh, I have this feeling they're gonna like want to email me all the time and I don't do well with email. Maybe I should ask them, you know, hey, what can we work out a good communication style? Because I'm not great with email. Like do you prefer to email? Would you rather who you set up phone calls to communicate. I mean, it sounds maybe silly, but I think from a practical standpoint, mm-hmm. that's just going to get it out of the way, improve the relationship or set it off on a good path. I think that's a good practical practice. We've talked about technology and social media, but on the communication standpoint, like if I'm an Xer or a boomer and I have some coworkers that are millennials, they're on social media, is it appropriate to connect with them? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it has less to do with generations and more to do with company policy. Probably. You know, and yeah. type of environment that but you work in. It seems to me like, and you guys may fall into this camp too, but I connect with people I know and I'm they're sort of part of my ecosystem. And I just, I watch what I put out there to the universe because I know everybody's watching and I have kind of a personal brand I want to keep up. And I think people just need to be cognizant of that. But I think it's up to you ultimately if you want to connect or not. Do you think millennials want to be connected with? I think so, right? yeah. 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 I think there's, it's the, like Kat said, like getting to know, it's your, it becomes your, you said ecosystem family. You know, we spend a lot of time together and it would feel fake to me not to be connected. That wouldn't be true to who I am. Yeah, that's a good point. It's, to have a weird, yeah. that would feel like a weird, weird yeah. boundary. Catherine did talk about the work-life integration piece. I think that even the social networking aspect of it becomes part of that because it's like you just want to be part of something, a part of a community. And the social media is just like a, a medium to allow that ecosystem to get larger and more connected to it. So I think it's a ultimately a great thing, but I think you have to probably take it on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, I mean, there are limits, but 
yeah, I think you're right. Well, hey, this has been a fun conversation. I mean, any parting thoughts or advice for for people who just want to know more about the millennial generation? Be prepared because one in three people in a few years (laughs) are going to be millennials. And we are a pretty awesome group of people, if I do say so myself. Yeah, I would say that we have a lot to offer. And, you know, you hear like the, the stereotypes, but it's just perception. It's just how you perceive it. And I would also say that there are things about other generations that we do appreciate. I think that gets undermined sometimes. You know, we do acknowledge the differences with older generations that maybe we could learn from, but we like to take bits and pieces and make our own thing of it. So that's, I think, one thing that sets us apart. But we're, like Lacey said, a pretty awesome group. Well, I appreciate you two being part of the podcast. Lacey Halpern. Thanks for inviting us. Catherine Thomas, you guys are awesome. And thanks for the download today. If you liked what you heard today, please go to iTunes, give us a, a review. It doesn't have to be five stars. We always like to get your feedback so we can improve on the podcast and, and build better content. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the download. And you too. Thank you guys very okay. much. Thanks for listening to the Human Resources for Small Business Podcast. Subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our blog at www.zeniumhr.com forward slash blog and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn to hear about the latest in HR and leadership. The information on today's episode is for educational purposes only and should not be taken as legal or customized advice for you or your organization. This podcast is hosted and fully produced by Brandon Laws, that's me, and created and owned by Zenium Resources, Inc. For more information or to contact us, visit www.zeniumhr.com.